Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Episode 376, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. And do we have a Christmas gift for all of you? I didn't want to say anything. I actually mentioned it on Shred and Ragon last week that he was coming on. We were going to interview him today. But um, Ted Nolan just just recorded a, an episode with Ted Nolan that'll come out next week. And I will tell you that um, I loved every second of it. I couldn't believe how in depth he got with a lot of things. Uh, his yeah. time in Buffalo, uh, his emotional struggles after his first stint with Buffalo was uh, taken away from him. Um, there's a lot, there was a lot in there and being the coach of a team that's tanking and what that did to him as well. So, you know, it's amazing that you say that it's interesting that you brought that up about um, the time when he took over the team, the team direction was to tank was to lose, to get a high draft pick. And it was very interesting listening to him and his thoughts on that, how he just didn't approve of that. He does not like the idea of tanking to get a draft pick. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm thinking to myself the whole time, this is affecting the coach the, this, uh, clearly affected the coach. Well, what do you think it did to the players that were there? What do you think it did to all the players over the years that were basically in tank mode? You know, it's, it's, it's something that it's very hard to recover from. Like you look at the Sabres, they have not made the playoffs in 12 years. Um, now they're, they're, they're you not trying on, to tank. You played on a team whose intent was to finish last and they did. Yeah. How honorable. And that's wearing. That? Well, it's, I, I think it wears on you, especially when you're a competitor, especially when you want to win. The goal is to win. And, well, I'm glad that the tank is, is. I'm glad the tank worked, because I do recall listening, you know, to many broadcasts locally that were heavily in favor of the tank. And I was. I would say right now you can you can put me in that. I was heavily, heavily, okay, Good. on the side of of tanking because. And my, how did my it, how's thought, it gone so far? It hasn't gone well. It hasn't gone well. But, I was very strong in the other direction. I want I want to make that known. I was so angry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I and and you know, I was actually covering the team at the time. 
Yeah. I, I think the, the way I was looking at it is you look at all the teams in the league that had success are all teams that, that were very bad for a long time. Pittsburgh Penguins won three Stanley Cups. They won them because they picked a first overall Crosby, a, a second overall Malkin, uh, a second overall Stahl. They picked um, a first overall Marc-Andre Fleury. Like they, you know, and you can go through, like you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, what did they pick Hedman? Second? Yeah. They picked Steve Stamkos first. Like they went through their struggles to get to where they were to give them an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. You look at all the teams that struggled, they 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 seem to have success and win Stanley Cups. So my, well, my I thought guess, I guess something, I guess maybe it's not the the process that, that was went about, it's who was handling the process. Yeah, it's so, not, it's very you know, it's very tough. In, I don't want to get into all that game. today. Yeah, it's very tough in today's to game to win games. It really is. Um, it's been twelve years, but uh, there is certainly a change in atmosphere and vibe with the current Sabres team this year and last year, unlike no other year that that we've seen in in a decade. So at least they're going in the right direction. A great game last night, the Rangers game. The Boston game, yeah, I thought they even played well against Montreal. To be honest, I with thought you. they played very well against Montreal. But I feel like there's there's better play on a more consistent basis now, and I thought last night was a a great example of that. And I sent out a tweet from the show account. Did you see Tage throwing the body around like he goes into the corner and just slams a guy into the boards? Yeah, and well, I've seen and, a lot more than just Tage well, pick up their physicality. Well, Kyle Laposo in the in the game on Saturday against Montreal was a wrecking ball. Kyle Laposo's played very well. This the addition of you know Kevin Adams identifying that his team needed a lifeline. They he need they needed a little spark. It like bringing in Eric Robinson is not like the whole fan base was like, wow, awesome. Okay. Now we're, now we're on the right track. No, everybody in the fan base, much like myself was kind of scratching my head going, really, this is the move you make. But let me tell you, it's amazing. The difference um, in the overall play of, of these players, the excitement that they're showing. Robinson, I think has looked good from the minute he got here. Very skeptical of the move when it was made. I mean, you gave up literally nothing. Well, you're going to end up giving a seventh round pick as long as he stays healthy because he's going to play here all year. He looks he looks really good in this lineup right now. That fourth line last night had not a fourth line. We're not we're officially not calling him a fourth line with what they've done in the last three games. Robinson technically scored a goal in Boston. Technically, should have had it. That was bullshit. Should have had that goal. They called it back. Okay, but where was he? You got Kyle Posu in front of the net. You've got Robinson in front of the net, and that's what we need. We need more guys that want to play. And you know, Rob Ray, I think it was the one that was interviewing in between a period yesterday, and they were talking about his game. And he's like, "I'm just here. I'm very direct." I'm going to play an up and down game. I'm going to I'm going to finish my checks. I'm going to the front of the net. I'm going to crash and bang. And and he has done 
a really nice job in the first that's, three games. That he's that's played. the first time I've ever heard a player use the word direct to describe his game. And I guarantee you it's going to catch on. It'll start to be, you watch, this will be a catchphrase. I've never heard that. I think that's a really good way of describing your roles. Just direct. You said the word that kind of like goes along with the word direct and that's role. You know, Eric Robinson coming in here, knows that he he said he's going to play his game. Okay, so what game is that? Is that the same game as JJ Paterka? Will it be the same game as Jeff Skinner? Are you are you out there to score goals and produce points every game like Jeff Skinner and uh Alex Tuck? No. His job description, he's very direct in what he wants to do on the ice. He's going to add energy, he's going to finish checks, he's going to forecheck, he's going to back check and you know what? He's had scoring opportunities because of the way that he's playing. And I really liked him in the offensive zone where he seems to understand where if you're going to have success in this league, get to the front of the net, get to the front of the net. It was a nice, it was a nice display by that line. You don't want to call him the fourth line. That's fine. But it was nice to see Krebs get rewarded. Kyle has been playing very, very well, very under appreciated and un, almost almost unnoticed not unnoticed but not much attention being paid to it which i feel like it does deserve more attention where do you think he actually started to really take off there was a game that i was like what the heck man oki is flying it Detroit? was a thousandth game oh his thousandth game do you That's, remember okay. watching him he Who was by against? far he was by far the best player on the ice for both teams. He was flying. Yeah. And it seems like he's he's like someone's got to step up here. Someone's got to try and help turn this thing around and get the get the team going at least in the right direction. And Kyle, I find how he's working, there has to be guys on the bench that are watching him when he's on the ice. And this is a good thing. There's a couple, there's a couple other players that you really have to give uh, props to also someone that, you know, we, we haven't talked a whole lot about. I think Connor Clifton has been a monster in these last three games. So they have two wins and one since loss his in game in Boston. Since he returned to Boston, he was he was unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah. Do you remember I said that he was unbelievable? So physical, loving his physicality, keeping guys honest and playing gritty. And now you see Tage Thompson with more grittiness, and you're and you're watching players like that. You know Eric Johnson, Rasmus Dahlin. You're starting to see players. And it's not just about crashing and banging because those that's not the game. But I also of, think they're seeing the results of that too. Yeah. And because, because it's harder, last, last it's night, harder to Tate, play against. Tate crunched that guy in the corner, but then he comes out of the zone and he automatically, it's a transition. There's a turnover. And now he just does a tight turn. He's on the other side. He comes in for a scoring chance. It does have a positive effect for the offensive guys too, to be a little more physical. And it's not putting yourself out of position. Like you never want to extend yourself to finish a check to literally crush a guy. Um, those are, you know, may, may happen, you know, here and there 
throughout a game or, or, but it's about finishing a check is more about sending messages to the brain of the players that you're playing against. For an example, a defenseman. I was a defenseman my entire life in, in my career in Buffalo or in, in the NHL. When I went back for pucks and I got hit every time I got back for the puck and then I, you know, trying to make a play, every time I got hit, that sent a message into my brain. It sent a message that now all of a sudden you start to go back a little slower because you're going back at the same pace as the guy who's forechecking you. So you don't get killed. Right. But if I go back in a game where I'm skating back, I'm able to pick up the puck, make a play and not get hit. Now I'm playing with a lot more confidence and a lot more speed in my game. So those are things you're, you're sending small little subtle messages to players on the ice that you're trying to alter their game a little bit that, and I think that's a big part of it. Like I, I've, I've really liked, you know, Dylan cousins, five shots the other night, a little bit snake bitten, but what he needs to understand is when the team's winning and the team's producing goals, it's, it's, it's just do your job that can help this team win games. And, you know, there's a lot of players the last three games. There's a lot of players that have played very well. Zach Benson, man, is this kid. He's so good. You can't just talk about like JJ Paterka continuing to produce offensively. He's tied for uh, the league or the, the team in goals with Jeff Skinner. I mean, this is a positive, you know, thing moving forward. Um, and now you're starting to see some, some healthy bodies coming back. Sounds like Alex Tuck could be ready for this road trip coming up, um, which I think is going to be, uh, really, really important, um, before the, before the Christmas break here. Got to talk about Devin Levi. He's played the last three games. He could be three and oh, in the last three beat Boston could have won that, like did everything he possibly could to give that Sabres a win on Saturday night. Okay. Power play came up short. Could have helped him there, giving him a win on that one, late, yeah. especially late in the game. And then last night. Now what? Well, l- now what? Listen, Benson changed our minds. Benson changed our minds. I, like, yeah, it's Benson. Okay. It, listen, and ladies and, gentlemen, stud, ladies and gentlemen, it's okay. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah. I've been long. As, as, I've been wrong well, before. But, but, but it's not even that. It's not even about us being wrong. I don't care about being wrong. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't phase me at all. Benson proved us wrong. He's he hasn't proved us wrong. He's proving us wrong. Okay. Devin Levi kind of proved us right for a little while there. <laughs> okay. Or at least the way the team handled him. I'm not saying that his stint in Rochester was. Can I can I ask you something though? Did did we ever say that Devin Levi was not a great goaltender? Did we ever say that he was not going to have success in this? Never called him a bust. Never Never. said he wasn't good. This is about. Well, we don't know. No one knows what he's going to be. I think. I think it comes down to when when you have 
such a young goaltender. And this is what we've spoke about for the last number of months, that goaltending is the toughest position to be in by far. And when you have a, a rookie goaltender that has not even played pro hockey before, yes, he played seven games last year, but I'm talking about the grind, the pressure, um, everything that goes along with him being in this league, it, it wears on you. And it's going to wear a lot on a, on a real young player. Um, pressure mounts when things don't go well. And, um, you know, I, I think that he started off the season four games in a row, um, may not have started the team. I don't think started. And we're talking about Devin Levi, not playing well at the start of the year. And I'm not even saying that he didn't like, he wasn't terrible, but the team in front of him did not help. The team in front of the goaltenders did not help them. The team now is playing much better when this hockey team with the amount of dynamic skill it has, if you can play defense, you're going to win a lot of games. I, I do believe that. So um, what do you do with Devin Levi? I, I mean, you can't, you're not sending them back now. Even though no, I know they're going, the they're idea. going on a road trip here. They're going on a road trip. So he's, he'll make the road trip. Any concern about, you know, here, here's the thing. He's about he's what? Gonna, Say, finish that. Finish that statement. And it's well, tomorrow. Is, Play is tomorrow there a Colorado. concern that, you know, that you're going to overtax him is, is all I'm saying. So they play on Wednesday. This gives him Monday, Tuesday. You travel on Wednesday or uh, you travel on Tuesday. So it gives him uh, yeah, a couple days in between games. He'll yeah, play Wednesday. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. They play Wednesday. They play tomorrow. So what he, do you yeah, do? What do you do with the goaltending situation then? Well, what's what's the what's the goal here to win games? It, it should always be to win games. Okay. At this point, this is it's the focus. Here's the thing: we talked about right it now. Right now, it's right now. It would be UPL. And Levi. Okay, just so right, what happens just, with Comrie then? Just right now. Until 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 Levi shows that he is that he's the only you can send him down. That's the that's the thing now. You've already done it once. So now you can do it again. It's not like it's the first one's the hardest, right? It's like, ah, oh, the reality. Shit, we gotta send him down. Now it's like, you know, if, if there's a, a, a string of games where maybe he's not he's not feeling it, you can send him to Roch. It's nice to have that luxury now because you've already broken the ice with it. And here's the thing. There's three teams in the NHL <laughs> that have three goaltenders on the roster. I'm not a fan of it, but there are three teams that have three goaltenders. And we played one in Montreal the other day. Caden Primo, I think it only played four four games all year. Well, he was unbelievable. Yeah. Both De uh, Devin Levi and Caden Primo, who has not played a whole lot this year in uh, Montreal, played very, very well. I think there's no question that he's going to be staying here. 
um, because you just cannot send down a young man who is playing this well. I, I mean, you, this is about winning hockey games. This is about putting guys in the right spots, the right positions to have to succeed. Um, Devin Levi needed to go down. It was a great decision by Kevin Adams and, and the staff to say, hey, let's reset this. We love you. We, we believe in you. Just go down and take a breather. Go play a few games. Um, played great, and then you're coming back up. And, I tell and you, now man, you look at him. He made that save against Montreal, and it wasn't. it's not even a flashy save. I just... I, it's the puck came out to the slot and it was right in front of us. It was either in the first period or the third. And I feel like it was the first because it was a, it was a saver. I was like, Holy shit. I'm going to watch this guy all night. That was unbelievable. He just came out and he fronted the shooter. And it seemed like he was so far away from the net and he just took an absolute slap shot right off the shoulder. Do you remember that save? Yeah. Like it wasn't, he didn't have to move for it. He didn't even. I don't think he went down. I think he just stood there and took a a, ro- a rocket right off the shoulder. And I'm like, Jesus, man, that was yeah. that was just old. Listen, school. he's just not a it. big. He's not a big goaltender in in NHL terms. He's actually probably one of the smallest in the league behind be behind maybe Saros in Nashville. But he makes himself big, and he and he's and he's like a cat. He moves very, very, very well from side to side. He made that one toe save, and uh, I think it was the um, first first period. It was it was just like, how the heck do you make that save? Yeah. But well, anyway, you know, he's played Darlene, very well between the way Darlene's playing and having Tage back, who. I can't believe how good he looks after not even skating and then just stepping in right into games. I think that's right. That was uh, like, well, you know, listen, that's a tribute to the guys who for three months or three weeks. And then I'm just going to, I'm going to come on, skate with the team for morning skate, just see how I feel. And then I'm going to, I decide to play it. But you know what? The good thing is he hurt his hand. And when you hurt your hand, it gives you the ability to, to ride the bike you're, he's probably still skating. Oh, sprinting, squatting, right, sprinting, leg work, squatting. Like so leg he's, press. yeah, it's a good kickstart for Tage. He looks really strong right now. And listen, I mean, they did not score our big line. You know, it's nice to get that that offensive output by a line that you're not expecting it from. Oh, you didn't want to say fourth line, did you? Because man, they didn't. They're not. They're not <laughs> I a fourth was line. God, I was hoping you were going to say from Peyton the fourth Krebs, line. I was going to jump all over you. I was. I'm so happy for Peyton Krebs because he's worked his butt off and has not been. Um, he hasn't had the cookie. I always shouldn't say the cookie. It, it, he 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 deserves more. And he's played well the last number of games. He's skated hard, forechecked hard. He's killed penalties. He's done a nice job. And it's nice to see him get rewarded for, for some good play. And that line, I'm, I'm, 
I'm happy for them because it uh, it takes a little pressure off the the big boys, Jeff Skinner and 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 uh, Tage Thompson and guys like that. It takes some pressure off these guys because they have pressure. Those guys have pressure to perform every single night. That's just the way way it goes with being being the top line. But it was really nice to kind of see well, that going, one line play is- so well. Yeah, I think they got seven points between the three of them. Yeah, what'd you um, think? What'd your thought? Uh, what's your thought on Murray? He, he, you know, he had a breakaway. Uh, he made some nice plays. I'd like to see him get a little bit more physical. We don't need just another left winger skating around. Like it, it, it would be. I mean, I'm going to tell you, like you wouldn't be sending him down if you went and grabbed one of their. Who's the Who's the tough guy uh, with the beard and the long hair on uh, Arizona? Yeah, tough um, kid. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Um, but you know, you 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 O'Brien set, O'Brien Liam uh, Liam O'Brien. He's a tough kid. You know, plays just plays a a tough brand of hockey, and I think he adds that physicality to Arizona. Um, and I think that, you know, if you want to stay in the NHL, you have to identify what the team needs, right? You're a huge body. You're a very, actually, he's, Murray's quite talented. He's got skill. But if you can add to your, you know, what you bring to this team, something that the team needs which is physicality, energy, and maybe some toughness. If you were to grab Leon O'Brien, like the fans would l- l- go crazy in that game. But that's listen. Uh, I'm going to say this on on behalf of that. Uh, if that's not in his DNA, then it's hard to ask a guy to go do that. Because I'm going to tell you what: if this was 2003. He would never get a chance in the NHL if he didn't go out and fight. Period. That's just, I yeah. mean, so um, I like the idea of the size. I definitely like the idea of the size, but I think you need someone more like Eric Robinson in that body. Sorry, I'm just hard to believe. I'm already using Eric Robinson as I want a clone, but I, I mean, I would love another clone of Eric Robinson at 6'4, 230. 6'5, 230? Who's that? Uh, yeah, he's a, he's 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 a huge. I just he, he's a huge man. But what I like about Brett Murray is I think that he's he's also he's pretty talented too. Like no I, question. this he's is not just skill. a yeah. He's, he's but he got can't some go skills. out and think he's a skilled. He can't be. A, he's not going to be a skilled guy in the NHL. Could he? Does he have the potential to be a Dustin Penner type player? I think yes. he has that type of. But Dustin Penner wasn't overly physical. Well, can but, you be a a Lawson Kraus? No, that's a little different. That's asking a player to be completely different. Lawson Kraus is a big body, just like Murray. Um, Lawson, Lawson Kraus is a bit scores, of an animal. Uh, he's not an animal. No, but he's he not. Keeps but guys honest, and 100%. he's willing to fight. It's the willingness in today's game is more than being a fighter. We don't need fighters. I don't think like if you're looking to pick up a fighter on your roster, I don't think that that's the right move. But bringing up Murray, who's got skills, he's got skills. I just okay? want, I just want Murray. You know who I would love Murray to try to be like? Brian Bickle. 
Remember Brian Bickle from the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks? 6'4", 225. Yeah. Yeah. Not fast. Hard, hard, hard on pucks. Big, big frame. Went to the front of the net. The more guys like Eric Robinson we brought in, he, he seems to want to live near the front of the net, which I absolutely love because it's something, it's a part of the Sabres team at the, the first start of the year. We had too many players that are playing on the outside. Too many players that want to be the shot guy. You need more players that want to live in front of the net. And I think uh, it was nice seeing some of those guys in front of the net. And I've said this a lot in the past. If you can get highly skilled players to get out of their comfort zone a little bit, just a little bit, okay, to alter their game just a little bit that would maybe benefit the team more, other players, it rubs off on the other, on the rest of the players too, because other players notice when a guy's doing something out of character. Like when a skilled guy that didn't normally block a shot stood in front of a massive shot, the bench would go absolutely nuts. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, I look at Jeff Skinner, and you know, I've been hard on Jeff Skinner because I, listen, I know the way he plays. I know the way he plays. I know he he scores goals for this hockey team. I know he produces points for our hockey team. But is that enough? Does Sidney Crosby play defense? He plays defense as well as he plays offense. Nate McKinnon plays defense. Like when I talk about top top players in the league, offensively gifted players like Jeff Skinner, I would like to see when I say I don't like his game, I've never said I do not like his offensive game. The kid is so insanely skilled. He scores 30 goals a year. But guess what? We are not winning enough games. We need maybe certain players to change, not to not to change their game. We don't want to change any of these players' games because they got to the NHL because they're they're specific players and they do things so well. But I look at just for an example, Skinner, and I could say this about other players on the team also, and on, on and on other teams. I think Jeff Skinner can really become an elite player, a really high-end player. It's up to him, though. Altered. That's the whole, that's the whole it's point. It's up to him. You know, it's not I'm... coaching. Like It's about altering your game a tiny bit that will help the team in the long run, because if you have players on the Sabres, for example, change just a just a little bit in their game, just a little tiny bit, will add up to a lot if it's if it's three, four, five players doing it. You know when you're out in the ice and you take a big check and the next day you feel all sore and you don't feel well? But when you're injured in a car crash, don't let the insurance company skate off without paying what you deserve. Call Salino. At 800-555-5555. Looking for something to do New Year's Eve? Seneca Resort and Casinos is the place for an unforgettable New Year's Eve experience. Partying on the casino floors and enjoying incredible food and drink specials, hot slots and table games, DJs, live music, and an epic final countdown to midnight. Dining specials at all restaurants at all properties. For more details, go to SenecaCasinos.com. We'll see you New Year's Eve. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. 
the rage of the earth, we made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Any comments on the suspensions going on around the league? Good Branson and yeah, Perron. Yeah, tough ones, tough one. Um, oh, but I think some people are saying Perron probably could have had more for that cross check. I mean, I could see, I could have seen a ten gamer. Pretty tough. Yeah, Radko Gudis suspended ten games back in the mm, day for cross checking a guy when he was down on the ice, right in the head. Yeah, could have been. Uh, he's kind of like a like a repeat offender. Could you say? Um, yeah. Perron made a real emotional, tough decision. I think if he uh, had to do it again, I don't think he would be doing the same thing. It was, it was, it was a difficult one to watch because you don't want that type of play in the game. He got suspended for it. Six games is 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 a lot of games. Could he have had 10, 12? Yeah. If 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 I were to read here this morning that David Perron had a 12-game suspension for that, I wouldn't even blink an eye. Just like I'm not really blinking an eye at six, I think it. I think they hit the, the, the right number. Could have been more. It wouldn't have surprised me because you just want to take out that dangerous type of play. Uh, your stick can be a weapon. Um but that was that was a tough one. That was a tough one to watch, and I, I think that he he knows that he did wrong. So, um, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I six is a number that I think is probably the right number. Doesn't like it? it, it I mean, you're not going to have a conversation about much more, and you're certainly not going to say it should have been less. So, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, and then and you have the Eric Branson. Branson. You know, listen, I mean, Nick Cousins, he's kind of like that. Um, how do you describe him? Um, he's like a he's like Brad Marchand. And a lot of people know Brad Marchand in this game. Um, uh, Nick Cousins is a good hockey player. He's an agitator. He plays plays a strong, strong brand. He's he's kind of like a he's kind of like that bit of a rat. Um, he's got a lot of that, uh, you know, Matthew Kachuk in him. For Florida, and uh, I, I'm sure Eric Gabranson right now, who is just suspended for one game for taking uh, taking things into his own hands. Um, there was probably uh, the best one game suspension he'll ever get. It, I mean, he is he is completely completely okay with and this. and and he got to uh, and he got redemption. It, it's, it, I don't know if he want looking to redeem himself. He's looking to send a message and, uh, whether Nick cousins got the message, we'll never know. Um, but I think Gabranson, you know, if, if Gabranson knew that he was going to get suspended for one game, would he have still done the same thing? No, I think he would have gone for a three gamer. <laughs> The the refs got in there pre pretty quick, and so did the Florida Panther teammates. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. But listen, I mean, he needed to be suspended for this too. I I'm totally fine. Uh, if they would have said three games, I would have been totally fine with that too. They gave him one game suspension. Um, I'm sure he's okay with it. You're moving on. It's hockey. 
Uh, you can't do that. You can't jump a guy and start pounding the crap out of him. This isn't uh, the 19, uh, you know, 90s. And uh, it is what it is. You move on. John Tavares, 1,000 point last night. Yeah. 1,054 games, 1,000 points. Second best player in his draft class. Ooh. So John Tavares was number one. He was mm-hmm. picked number one over all. Yeah. Who went and, number two? Don't look it up. Uh, what year was it? 2013, maybe? No. he was in. I was in the league when he was in the league. Uh, 2009. I played one year. I played one year. He was in the league. That's right. Oh, I remember he was jumping. In the... Is he that old? Yeah. 2009 draft. The guy who went number two is definitely the player that I would, in hindsight, would have taken number one overall. I'm not okay. saying it was a wrong pick. Okay. I'm just saying. So 2009. Nobody, even John Tavares, couldn't argue this. Oh, boy. If someone said, John, would you have any issue with blank going number one overall over you? What would you say? He'd probably say, yeah, that's probably fair. Really? So this guy is a stud. Stud. Oh, super stud. Uh, He's still Stanley, playing. Stanley Cup champ. Stanley. John Tavares. Or, I mean, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, Jonathan Taves. Er, no. Jonathan Taves went third overall. Damn, that's a good. That's a that's a good first three picks. Then, no, John. So how old are these guys? John Taves wasn't even in this draft, but he went third overall. Oh, okay. So this draft was John Tavares, blank, Matt Duchesne, Evander Kane, Braden Shen, Oliver Ekman, Larson, Nazem Kadri, Scott Glennie, and Jared Cowan, Magnus Pryarvi were the top ten. Well, I mean, help me out here. Give me, give me the defenseman. team playing on defenseman. Multiple Stanley Cup, Conn Smythe champ, Drew Doughty. Nope. Good guess though. He was second overall, I think. Drew Doughty. This defenseman has played one thousand three games, six hundred and seventy nine points. Victor Hedman. He's won two Stanley Cups. Yeah. Victor Hedman. Yep. <laughs> uh, man. Old Victor. Good for him, right? Am I wrong with that? You're if you're doing that draft over again, you're you're taking Hadman number one overall. I would uh, six seven. I don't know. I so so who is the third overall pick? Matt Duchesne. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm probably taking Hadman and and I'm probably taking John Tavares second. He's had I'm not saying one. Tavares goes any lower than two. Yeah, he played really. He's I mean, played I'm not really you're well. Saying yeah, he should have gone. Braden Shen could have gone ahead of him. No, I'm just saying yeah. number one and number two were absolutely number one and number two. Last thing I'll say before we get out of here is the uh, the top point getters in the NHL. It's a mixed bag of players this year. You have some usual suspects, but you got uh, Nikita Kucherov's now on top. JT Miller from Vancouver. Pasternak is back up there. McKinnon's obviously up there. Panera, no surprise. Samson Reinhardt. Contract year, Samson Reinhardt. He is. That con- it concerns me, though, right? Like he's having an epic year. Like he's having an unbelievably high-end year and he's going to get 
paid because of it, but is he going to get paid more than actually what he's worth? Again, you're going to have to sign Sam Reinhardt off of a, a career year. How many goals is he going to score? He had this four. Year? He had four points last night or uh, the other night. He had four assists. Let's let's talk about the goal leaders here, okay? Kucherov nineteen, Matthews nineteen, Besser eighteen, Reinhardt seventeen, Kyle Connor seventeen, Pasternak sixteen, Panarin sixteen, Konechny sixteen. Wasn't Konechny on his way out of Philly? Okay, I don't so, know. I don't know if they. I don't really know if they. Like, why would you ever? Why would you ever trade away Travis Konechny? Yeah, J, uh, JT Miller, 15 goals. Zach Hyman, 15. Here's one. Tied for fifth. A lot of guys with 15. One, two, three. No, there's three guys. Crosby, 15 goals. Forsberg, Vetrano, Chris Kreider. Ryan O'Reilly has 12 goals. Lawson Krause has 12 goals. Yep. J.J. Paterka has 12 goals. Jeff Skinner's got 12 goals. Got to get got to get some guys on the Sabres heating up a little bit. Yeah, Paterka, Skinner. What do you do with Paterka at the end of the year? Hmm. Don't you have to let him play that out? It's his first contract. Tage's deal wasn't his second deal. Well, I, I think I think you're you're going to have you're gonna have some discussion. Kevin Adams will, you know, want to open dialogue. Um and it it obviously it's gonna come down to dollars and cents, it's gonna come down to term. Why would you wanna Sign JJ Paterka to a short-term deal. The kid is the kid's a stud, and he's he's not even close to becoming what he's going to be in three, four years from now. I he's mean, really he, awesome, man. Like he's he's how really old is he? 20? 21. He'll be 22 on January 14th. Okay, so he's he's 22 years old. Um I I would think with the way that Kevin has done this in the past is trying to get players signed before they completely take off. Hence Tage Thompson, right? Um, you know, the same with Matias Samuelson, guys like that. I mean, you have to get these guys signed and you're signing a core. They have, they have a large core, I shouldn't say a large core that's signed, but you have your core of younger players that have signed with the two defensemen or three defensemen and Samuelson, Darlene, and Power. You have your your forwards that are signed in Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, Jeff Skinner, uh, Tuck. You're going to have to make a decision on Casey Middlestat. You're going to have to make a decision on J.J. Paterka because these guys... They're up. You have to figure out where they fit in long term. But up to this point, with the signings that Kevin has done, I think he's done a really, really good job. Really good job. 
Well, I wonder Couldn't if ask for down, anything I better. wonder if it comes down to finding a less expensive third line center and maybe moving on from Casey and giving that money to You're gonna need money for Quinn. You're gonna need money for Paterka. Do you have the money? Do you have the money for um Casey Middlestad? Which is gonna you can't pay everybody. You've got to have guys like can you pay Jordan Greenway three point three million dollars? That's what he's making right now on his contract. Three million, I think, or three point three. Um, that might be a little steep. It might be a little expensive, something that you might have to revisit because he's up for a contract. So these are all things that uh will play itself out in the next little while, but We'll see what happens. All you know is the better these guys play, the more money they make, right? So big road trip for the Sabres. We'll see how that goes and see if he continues on the scoring pace that he's on. That'll do it for After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thank you for listening.